1: At the end of August, an idea was born. A few of us met up in a pub, brainstormed some ideas, and a podcast was born. We picked up a stray from the northeast and created what is now known as the Premier Non-League Podcast. Welcome to the season. For now, with only three of us that bother to turn up, this is episode seventeen of the PNLP.
0: This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. <laughs>
1: So, gentlemen, well three of us, it was kind of us three in a pub in August, at the end of August, we first came up with the idea of the PNLP and we got the others on board, wasn't it gentlemen, Trevor and uh, Pete? Good evening. Good evening, it was, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, just the three of yeah. us. Uh, where were we? Three fishes in
1: three fishes in Worthing? In Worthing, yeah. Peter, in I in remember Worthing. he came ro- well prepared and he'd already printed off the logo on a piece of uh, headed uh, paper or something, hadn't you Pete?
2: Yeah, actually. I'd forgot about that. Yeah, I came down looking all official, didn't I? Like it was yeah. a professional broadcasting outfit.
1: <laughs> you haven't spilt beer all over that because uh, for the f- listeners, uh, Pete just before he came on air um, decided to knock his beer all over his uh, computer desk, We're in a Worthing yearbook and uh, a, a football quotes program, and being called um, unrepeatables by his wife on uh, on the uh, on the microphone, weren't you, Pete? <laughs>
2: Yeah, but um, we were talking about Saturday night and where we're going to go to watch the, the football. Yeah, and I said, "Shall we just get everyone round here?" And I was just showing you the space and the <laughs> cable. And the cable caught my pint, so there's, there's an excuse behind it. Talking about Saturday night, and obviously, it is about the
1: England uh, Ukraine match. Um, a friend of ours that we were going to meet up with in, in the pub, we originally were going to try and get into, uh, he said, It's because of all the glory hunters that are just appearing, Johnny come lately. Is that bothered? They turn up for the knockout rounds, don't they? Don't you think?
2: Yeah, especially when I can't get in my own local, mm. which is really annoying.
1: I thought you had your own table and seat there, your throne, or is that just a toilet? I've got a mattress there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. He was knocking on the door when the Burlington reopened in Worthing. But um, if you want to sponsor Pete next season, Burlington, I'm sure a few pints or sponsor the podcast. Um, I'm sure he'd quite like that. But but going back to uh, what we said. But I mean, gentlemen, we've um, we've launched through a pandemic that's been never, seems to be never bloody ending. Now um, there's been no commuting, so no real time for people to watch or listen to podcasts. There's been no real non-league
2: football. There's been no
1: time to listen, but I think we've done all right.
2: I like to think so. I don't actually see the listening the listening figures, James. And I think it's one of the things I try to avoid because yeah. it's like it's like if there was only like five people listening, I'd be like, why am I doing this?
1: Yeah, I think we just ignore the listening figures till next year. But hopefully there will be uh, some sort of tie-ins very soon. Uh, next season, I know, uh, I know Trev's been uh, what's putting a finger in few pies, as I say, in in a non sexual term?
0: Have I?
1: (laughs) Well, you (laughs) tell me, you tell me, you tell me, you tell me. You
0: you seem to know more than I do. (laughs) I've always got fingers in
1: pies, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Football Writing dot blog. Um, but we have done all right. It's yeah, listing figures, you know, they can only improve. I mean, we'll, we'll go on to talk later in the episode about some of the things we've done this season but we did have a little um little get together didn't we um last game of the season at the hive in barnet uh seen them defeat the champions 2-0 and i thoroughly enjoyed it out and i know pete can speak as well but trevor being the fan we are very well i was surprised how good it was through five very good for a non-league ground.
0: Yeah, quite impressive, isn't it? Quite impressive. It, it, it basically, as a lot of people say as well, it looks like a football league outfit. Uh, I mean, the the Italians were having their final training session there before they played at Wembley the other other evening because it's literally two two or three stops down on the Jubilee line as well. Um, a lot of the international teams do train there because of its just proximity, um, in, you know, to to Wembley in London. But um, it is a it's a great facility. Now it needs the football on the pitch to match what else is going on around it.
2: Yeah, I think that's the point, isn't it? Because you you basically would have got relegated last season if it wasn't for the uh, <laughs> no promotion from from the national. So you got away with one there. Um, but yeah, really, really, really impressed with the setup of Barnet. Obviously, we we went in the legends entrance because being legends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed today. Absolutely, thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, I've got a soft spot for Sutton, as you know, Trev. And you did give me a nudge at one point, <laughs> and I was going, "Come on, David! Old, as your boy you for certain." um yeah yeah that was that
1: weird bit where um pete looked like a weirdo shouting david 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 in the stands and he kind of looked up and pete's like waving like an excited <laughs> school kid and david kind of looked at him with a confused look on his face he just saw all right mate like that uh, and i wasn't i wasn't waving james that was my friends yeah <laughs> f- football Sutton friend but um no we didn't get to see them after unfortunately um but it, it was nice to see a couple of old werving players I'm
2: nervous um, he, he saw me and made a quick exit
1: <laughs> yeah, they claimed they had a party but I think they're just ex- trying to run away from Pete, weren't they? <laughs>
2: Thanks, James.
1: But no, I mean some, some of the plans that I mean when we were free out of the match Trevor it's explaining what the plans are for the ground and having a little google after the match. I mean it it, it they've got definitely got football league ambitions for what what as a, a non-league club as Pete said lucky to survive relegation Trevor. So it's a bright future in theory.
0: Yeah, and obviously, since, since, since the game as well, we've had another managerial change, which is not yeah. uncommon. It should be. I think you should have a revolving door in that bar rather than uh, just a standard in and out. It'd be so much easier. But Harry Cool and Dean Brennan, the dream team. Yeah. With, uh, three three announced signings today as well, which is uh, quite good. And uh, from what I've heard, there's, uh, cert- there's certainly more that have been done that should get announced. Hopefully, another couple more before Monday. As well before they return to training,
1: and as you said, um, you said the owner does like a, a marquee name, a marquee signing. So you weren't surprised with it because you know to be fair, Harry, Harry Kill is a it's a big name for what he's achieved in the past coming to Barnet, and you know hopefully uh, he's had a to fair to say um, average, okay managerial career so far. It's not been awful, but it's not been particularly amazing either. So maybe ease the guy to take Barnett forward and back into the Football League
0: hopefully I mean I I'd, I'd just like to point out as well he's the third Champions League winner to manage the club if you include the late Ray Clements who won the European Cup with Liverpool we've obviously had Edgar Davids as well and now we've got Kiel but yeah Tony, Tony, does, Tony does like a name um, yeah. a lot a lot would say this possibly could be Kiel's last chance to actually make his mark uh, on the game Um. And the looks of the signings he's made so far, he's bringing in players that he's familiar with uh, to, you know, to work with. Uh, Dean Brennan obviously knows the National League scene very well as well to bring in players around from there as well. So hopefully, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not expecting us to hit the playoffs with the title next year, but some some degree of uh, respectability would be nice after the, 42 games of last season.
1: To be fair, like, you know, I I honestly thought like bearing in mind that you were playing the league champions, you outplayed them on the pitch and okay. Some could argue that Sutton didn't put their like strongest team out because they were already fully home, but you know, you gave a good go and you know, it's a shame for you because if you played like that for most of the season, you would not
0: have been where you were. No, comfortably you got a lot of that's got to go credit to Simon Bassi and Dave Anderson. They've, you know, pretty much used the same players as both, yeah. Flowers and Peter Beadle had before and to actually finish bottom on the last half of the season only by goal difference mm. where we were absolute miles behind everybody for most of this season you know, is a testament to what they to what they did and good, and good luck to Simon at Portsmouth this year
1: yeah, season. it's Portsmouth he's gone to hasn't
0: he yeah, yeah well deserved I think
2: yeah, no, yeah. He, he was good I still don't think the first goal was over the line. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we looked. I
0: remember we looked, didn't I? I
1: got those YouTube. I I tried to screenshot it, and one angle it looks like it's just over, but another angle it looks like it's not. So, you know, VAR would definitely have been uh, looking at that if they had it down at a level well I mean, uh, i'm surprised he hasn't installed a vr system in his ground because he seems to have everything else in there including what was it you said trevor one of the most what was it hydrotherapy or something he had or some sort of scanning no,
0: it's one of the mri scanners or something.
1: yeah one of the only ones in the southeast or something
0: yeah oh yeah I, or I think in england i think there's only three in the world that are better than ours it, that was at the time of installation might be slightly different now but i know there's not there's not very many around um you know to be used so yeah well that's yeah, make his money
1: it was great, I mean, but I mean obviously they Suton went up as champions and served champions. It was good to see and, you know they they really thoroughly deserved it, but you know we we've got to talk about the national league playoff final i mean because what a what a final
0: well, the playoffs in itself, not just the final yeah. every single game gave you absolutely something it was um you know the the set of teams in it uh you know all all fully deserved to be in there for, for what they' managed to do this season and yeah. Two or three that missed out as well, but um, possibly fitting that the it was Torquay and Hartlepool to contest the final, uh, um, Ashton Gate.
1: And uh, the result, as um, Chris Kamara would say, would be unbelievable, Jeff, because from a former, another former wearing player that Pete would probably fanboy over if he saw in the stands, um, Lucas Covellan equalising with a header in what was it extra? It added time. Yeah. Take it into, to take it into extra time and then to go to penalties and save the first two penalties. It's just a shame his play, that the players taking the penalties couldn't have sort of backed up these amazing goalkeeping heroics because we would have seen a completely different result. And to be honest, Torquay would have probably been in the Football League if uh, they converted those penalties. But it was, it was a pretty awful penalty shootout, to be fair.
0: The penalty shootout was awful. But let's not forget, though, that Torquay had two goals ruled out. Mm-hmm. Before as well, from yeah. Carl Cameron, um, which, which quite was, contentious, yeah, quite weren't they? Yeah. At least one of them should have stood. So, in effect, possibly Torquay talk, talk should have had a place in the, in the Football League by the time 90 minutes was up, let alone mm. having to go for extra time and penalties. But, um, I mean, I've got, oh, I've got a little soft spot for Hartlepool,
1: I've got a little soft spot for Hartlepool because I, when, when they were, in, I mean, amazing to think they were in League One when the season Charlton won League One, and I had an amazing away day. And the fact we went into the they have a Bar that they allow away and home fans in in the main stand and they're all so nice I mean Northerners are I mean if Chris was on the line now I'm sure he could say but you know how friendly Chris is but you know the Northerners in uh, Hartlepool were, were brilliant they were just so welcome you know that we, we were doing well at the time you know we we're top of the league and they were just they enjoyed a the pint they enjoyed a the catch I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to see so I got a little soft spot but I'm sure as Pete can say when you see former player of your team playing for another side that's in the promotion playoffs you kind of root for them so it was kind of a real neutral match for me
2: yeah, I was obviously going for a talkie because Kervilen, Co- and obviously that goal at the end was absolutely mental. But on the on the back of that, he's he's secured a move, hasn't he, into the B- football B- league? Port B- Vale, B- B- yeah. so, so you know they've obviously seen something with him, and he's he's, he's gone up even higher now. So yeah. fair play to Lucas, and I wish him all the best for the future.
1: Do you think it was that match that got him that move, or do you think it had been? For no, a while? No.
2: It, no, it would have been over. You know they're not going to judge a player on one game. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to think that, you know, I think Harry Redknapp's the only player who's signed, uh, only manager who's signed a player without seeing him. <laughs> and he turned out to be useless, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and who was that? <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name, but he subbed him, He bought him on a sub, didn't he? And then subbed him off. I can't <laughs> remember his name. I can't remember his name.
1: God knows. God knows. But, um, you know, great, uh, you know, great, great National League playoff final. And you never know, Trev, he could be up there next year. Everything goes right for Kill.
0: Yeah, yeah, if everything goes right, and, the, and a lot of things goes wrong, it goes wrong for a lot of clubs. Because uh, some of the signings I've seen, some of the sides that missed out, like Chesterfield, uh, picked up some great players. Our old keeper Scott Loach signed. Um, King from Halifax is a very, very good fullback. We're rating quite highly. Um, you know they're going to mean they're going to be business. They missed out missed out to Notts County, another big club there. Stockport with money to spend. You've got Southend and Grimsby coming down that will fancy themselves to be in the shake-up, although the last few years when clubs have come down, they've really struggled to actually get anywhere.
1: I think you can say that with all sort of relegations. I mean, just, for example, look at League One right now. How many big, in brackets, teams are down in that league? Look at the conference or National League. How many big teams, you know, EFL teams are down in that, league right now it's crazy to think and you know it's gonna make a it's gonna be a, as you say a hard league to get out of but in theory an exciting league and I for one are looking forward to going on a few little Trevor Selfie photo uh in the car away days when uh we're not we're not playing to a few um national league or national south teams next year.
0: Yeah hopefully we'll get to a few because obviously there's a lot of Southern clubs uh that we're in they're in they're in better touching distance than yeah. trying to get to the high from here. Yeah. You know, that from down on the south coast. So yeah, hopefully next year the likes of Eastleys, Bromleys, Dovers. The whole
1: irony is that Trevor is that if if the football league had been played normally or the national league, Worthing could well have possibly been playing Barnet in the national south because Barnet were going to be relegated. Worthing, as it stood, were going to be up, but. Hey, it's not this, but I'm looking forward to uh, Trevor's planned the doubleheader on uh, on the 31st of July, which I'm looking forward to. I can't to.
0: do that one now. You can't do it now.
1: <laughs> well, I know where I stand.
0: You're, you, you're quite welcome to go or you can look after my kids and I'll go. I don't mind. Choice is yours.
1: <laughs> get get, uh, get Pete to look after the kids. He'll probably take them down a <laughs> the pub and leave them playing in the garden or something like
0: that. <laughs>
2: But um, packet of crisps and a glass of lemonade, that'll be fine. Yeah,
0: that'll
1: be fine. <laughs> but it's not its not far fine. away, though, is it? Even that you can't do that, it's not far away. No. And, you know, football will be back. I mean, obviously, pre-season trainings have already started for football league clubs, you know, non-league clubs already back as well, starting to do some training. So it is exciting. And, you know, as it stands, we hope to God that we will be able to go back as normal come August. I mean, I like to think, as you gents know, that I went to Wimbledon. It was a class of test event. I had people next to me. I mean, it was the weirdest feeling when someone sat right next to me and I'm like, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> so I'm not used to someone that I don't know literally directly next to you. And you're like, oh. Uh, but You, you
0: know, aren't
1: normally that fussy. No, I no, you know, mate. I can't be picky, can I? My, uh, no, you my, can't. my gorgeous looks. But it, it was very weird. But it gives me hope that, you know, as long as there isn't massive outbreaks and stuff like that from these events, that we do go back and having fans in the ground. But to not get all I think.
2: Sorry, James. Um, I I think to be honest, you know, um, there was a report yesterday, wasn't it? It was thirteen hundred cases of COVID from Scottish fans attending football. Yeah.
1: Are you surprised looking at those videos we saw?
2: Not, not, not really. To 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 be honest, Um, but but yeah, it is a bit worrying that you know the way it's going at the moment. The cases, it's another record today. But you know, while the deaths, obviously, every death is sad, and you know, we don't. We we don't put football above life, but at the same time we've got to get back to normal. And while the deaths the death count is low and the hospitalizations are low, more people died of pneumonia in the last week than of COVID. So you know that says, and they don't report those deaths every day. Um, And we're not in lockdown because of those deaths of pneumonia and flu. Hmm. Um, So you know we've we've got to get back to normal on the nineteenth of July. Um, we've got to live our lives, get the economy back on track. And otherwise we'll be paying for this for decades and decades. And it's the later generations that will be paying the price for it.
1: Well, we've got to think, you know, look at, look at the figures, right. We're having the amount that we had at the beginning of the year, but we've only had three deaths when they were having four or 500 deaths a day back in January. So, you know, whether you believe in a vaccination or not, or whether the, the, the mutation has changed, there's something different with
2: this one. So fingers crossed, as you say,
1: we could go back to watching the game we love.
2: Yeah, we just uh, yeah, I just don't want it where you've got to you know, especially with non-league, where you've got to go on a a e-ticket system and book your tickets and. And then, you know, you've got the stewards saying, oh, you've got to socially distance, all the rest of it and limited capacities, because mm. that's that's not going to help the clubs that much because they need the extra spend no. from the fans going in.
1: Well, Lansing FC will have that because they give you a refund minus 25p administration fee, the cheeky buggers, despite the fact we book it on a day, don't they, Trevor? <laughs>
0: yes.
1: I'll let them have that 25p being <laughs> it's a... Just- Hey ho, but um, I mean talking about go back to the playoffs gents we've um, Bromley were one of the playoff teams and Trevor you told me some news today which I wasn't aware of of um, season ticket prices And just divulge a bit
0: yeah I only come out late this afternoon a lot, a lot of clubs have been doing their little bits over the last couple of weeks still waiting for Barnett to come out unsurprisingly but there we go I'm um, I assuming mean, like Easterly were doing you know an early bird offer if you if you do it early enough Barnett did the same last year with a really good price as well but um I've seen, obviously, I've got a few Bromley fans that follow me and, and through the Neil Smith connections and everything on Twitter and that. And um, I didn't actually go and read um, their season ticket prices, um, but um, a couple of people had commented on it. And so I asked them, I said, what's the increase this year? And um, season ticket for an adult has gone from £200 to 350 to watch National League football. Students, two hundred and eighty quid. Where's students going to find two hundred and eighty quid? Go and watch National League football next season. It's absolutely outrageous. And all I've got on on my timeline is people people going. You know, I can't afford to to do that and get tickets for my kids as well. You know, so I think a few um a few other clubs around their areas, the likes of the Gleaves and Holmesdaws and Cray Wanderers, might be uh, getting a few extra supporters next season as well what's it the, what's
2: their the normal price Trevor, for attendance at the gate
0: i don't know I, th- I saw someone put it's going to cost 25 quid to sit down and i'm trying to remember what we paid for that mm. gate for the game against Sutton. i've seen it was 22 wasn't it yeah yeah um and normally we have quite pricey prices um because we're barnet and it's what it's, it's what we charge um so I'm I'm not sure what their I'm not sure what their price was last year, but they also, you know, were attracting pre COVID gates of around two thousand. How,
2: how many how, how many games per season in the National League?
0: Uh 36. 22. No, it's twenty 22 teams, so twenty one. 21, oh, Twenty-one last year, wasn't it?
2: Right, so forty two games. games.
0: Yeah, forty two games in total, yeah.
2: Right, which is eight pounds thirty three a game.
0: Yeah.
1: It's quite, um, it's quite an, it, 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 it I mean, I it, what, I don't know what Charl. I think you know, if you don't take Charlton to play paying that similar amount to Bromley, it seems crazy. I mean, I love a National League game, but you can't be playing that amount. I mean, what, what's a wor- I mean, Worthing season to get hundred fifty quid. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably a
2: bit, cheap, bit cheaper than that. But
1: obviously, they get discounts for the cups or something, don't they? <laughs> half price or something. like that?
0: Well, I mean, I uh, someone's put Millwall's this year was three hundred and seventy. And they have, yeah. what, two, two, no, three divisions for that championship, aren't they, Milo? Yeah, I think Forest are for
2: 380, yeah. I think. So
0: th- three divisions higher and you're only paying 20 quid more. for it's obviously going to be, be a better, better standard of football, and no, no disrespect to the National League. But I just think that's, you know, it's outrageous what you're asking people yeah. to be paying, especially as well. Like people have said, you're coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. People are coming off a of furlough. There's going to be a few that are going to be made redundant. Um, yeah. People aren't going to have a job. And yet, the one thing they've actually been looking forward to is actually going and watching their football club again. And they're going to get priced out of the market to do it. It's, you know. It, nice you know, way to say thank
1: you for supporting us for a tough yeah, time.
0: Yeah, it is. It is, you know. Absolutely, um, absolutely absolute crazy. But.
1: Probably going to be hated as much as hashtag
2: United, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, this, this, this is This is the
2: whole thing, you know. Um, I've seen at places that, that you go to for you know, for a, a, a pint or or whatever that you know the prices really have hiked up. and it, you know it's still a tough time for a lot of people. you know, um touchwood, i've I've been lucky. I've been able to keep working since last June, and it hasn't affected me um, in my work. Uh, but there's a lot of other people that want further doing it on eighty percent of their wages or whatever. Um, and like you say, you know they could lose their jobs. The furlough schemes changed today. The the has mm. got to put a ten percent towards towards that 80 percent. Um, so some companies are going to be turning around saying, "Look, sorry, you, you know we can't have you back yet. So we're going to have to we're going to have to let you go because it's going. I think they said it's, it'll cost employees some, somewhere in the region of hundred fifty pound to three hundred pound a month to keep people on. Yeah. And some businesses won't be able to afford that. So they'll be laying those people off. And yet, and yet everyone's sort of hiking prices all around them, including football, at a time when surely the clubs need... The more bodies they got on seats, the, be- the better for them.
1: I mean, it's nice to see some of the clubs obviously showing... Um... The Euro matches in their clubhouses, which, Pete, as we've said many times off air, like how frustrating it is that our club, Worthing, aren't doing it for one reason or another. I appreciate it. But what a way to get money in. You know, all the pubs in Worthing, as we found out tonight, we can't get in to watch the England match. Imagine Worthing could have had a good couple of screens around. They've got them inside. They could have put one outside in the ground. They could have had a good crowd there. And I can guarantee they would have sold most of those tickets. So, you know, it is a shame. I... um I I am surprised I'm still hoping maybe last minute but it's only two days away when we record this from when the match is so maybe if we got to the semis or even the final because we all know it's coming home don't we gents but uh, I'd like to I'd like to think but he
2: had to get that one in didn't
1: he uh, it's going to be the first of many tonight (laughs) it's got to be done and then I'll listen to this podcast in a a couple of weeks and think why the did I say that (laughs) (laughs) just like just England just let you down anyway um, but talking about sort of non league and unfairness and sad news. Um white leaf and Abington Town, guys, we we gotta we've got to mention that because if if you don't know, if you're listening, um property developers have bought both the grounds and and unfavourable terms are kicking them out of the football league. Well they can't p- perform in the football league because they've got no ground. Now Irama is the ground who apparently are linked with Ian Rush. Have anyone found any links with that? Is he is he actually just using his name?
2: Well I'm, I'm not sure about any the links with Ian Rush uh, straight away. But what I do know is they a single Singapore property development company. And straight away, it just rings alarm bells, doesn't it? Now, I noticed when one of the clubs uh, put the tweets up, uh, Rama were quite active on their Twitter, sort of answering, answering questions. We tried to come to agreements, blah, 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 blah. Um, but its I, I just don't think it's any coincidence that two clubs, <laughs> not just one that Arama owns, but two, and that says to me there's something not quite right there, regardless of the tweets that Arama put out defending themselves and saying we tried our best to come to an agreement. Uh, I don't know what you guys think, but if it was one club, you could probably say, mm, yeah, but being two clubs, you like, hold on. It just rings alarm bells in my head, to be honest. Trevor, you went to Whiteleaf this part, or what? Whatever season I can't remember what season
1: it was, but one of the yeah, past last two. season, yeah. What? Yeah, what one? Went... The one? The one that actually was last season, or the last season, or?
0: No, the one that actually was last season that, yeah. <laughs> that abruptly finished at the end of October. Yeah, I went. I uh, played against um, Burgess Hill. Um, they've got you know, a four G pitch as well, so obviously it's well used by the community. Um, and back when I was. 14, 15, when I was involved in the um, Tandridge League, we used to hold a lot of our cup finals at Whiteleaf and um, also Chips did as well, where I also went back last year. It's kind of a bit of a nostalgic memory. Um, But they got a nice little facility at Whiteleaf. It's set opposite, though, some whacking great lovely houses in Surrey, which wouldn't surprise me as to why this sort of thing has happened. Um, Parking's a little bit tight down the road. Um, and I, I can imagine Tuesdays and Saturdays are not the residents' most favourite time of the week. But, you know, the ground's been there a long time. The club's been there a long time. And for them to just completely pull out, not not even look for, you know, for a ground share or anything like, you know, like that to um, see if they can uh, pull themselves through. Um, and then finding out as well, Abington Town were, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Yeah. Um, you know, well, well, we're subject to exactly the same treatment as well. You just hope that there aren't any more to come out of the work between now and when the season starts.
1: The sad thing is, is I think with uh, what what what's happened in the world of football through COVID, you're going to find teams maybe selling the ground as a lease back, and then all of a sudden the people that bought the ground are bored of it and decide that they want to get rid of the get rid of the team, which is I think going to happen quite a lot.
0: Yeah, I think it 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 could well do, and that. You know, we've seen in the Football League as well. Um, that's something they're trying to clamp down a lot on of clubs selling their selling their ground to someone and then having it leased back because then if they want to be kicked out and that, then all of a sudden you've got a Football League club that's going to be homeless and looking for, a, you know, for, for a ground share. So it's worse at non-league because you don't quite have the same amount of of, of support and drive to be able to get behind a big campaign to... You know, maybe overturn that sort of thing. Yeah, no, hundred
2: percent. Yeah, I, f- I think the, the the thing that concerns me is obviously, obviously, in in non-league, there's there's not tons of money like there is a Premiership, uh, uh, to a lesser extent the Championship, but uh, a lot of them have got foreign owners now, or the rest of it, and a lot of them in the higher divisions. I, I you know, I like to think when they buy a club. Well, obviously the glazers, it's all about money, but with others, you like to think they're, they're not doing it for the ground and all the rest of it. But with Non-League, it's it's I just think it's an easy target for someone to come in like a, a property development company from Singapore and go, Do you know what? We could if we've got these these grounds, we could we could make a few dollars here. By making, you know, making agreements that the clubs, the clubs can't meet those agreements or don't want to pay the price for uh, using the grounds. They go, oh, sorry, you can't use it anymore. Clubs fold. And then before you know it, in a couple of years time, you know, like Whiteleaf, for instance, I've been to Whiteleaf myself, beautiful little ground. Um, It's virtually in the middle of nowhere, sort of Uh, lovely, lovely houses and properties by it. And like you say, you know, you build a couple of houses on that land and you've got, you know, million-dollar houses, million-pound houses. Comfortably comfortably in that part of Surrey. Um, So it it is just a bit worrying that, you know, non-league clubs could be a target because of the assets they've got and not being able to, you know, getting bought out and then uh, they can't reach the agreements needed to keep renting the ground off these property development companies. And that scares the hell out of me, non-leak, to be honest. Yeah, because you can see it happening quite a lot
1: i think it's going to be i just hope to god this is just too i hope they find a way around it but i mean from what i understand is that is that the end of the clubs or are they going to try and find somewhere else to play i mean i know they've withdrawn their membership from the the leagues but what what's next for
2: those clubs are they folding or are they trying to look for other options well, well i think the thing is if they've if they've they've pulled out for this se- they've pulled out for this season um you know or we've during their uh what what would you call it? Membership. The the membership of the league. So, you know, there's nothing stopping them rejoining, but obviously they won't be able to rejoin at the same level. They'll have to start at the bottom and work up again. Um, So so it's really sad. You've got to remember, these people have got fans, they've got people who've been going there for, you know, some people 50 years have been going to non-league clubs, uh, supporting them, uh, volunteering for them, keeping them alive, helping them, all the rest of it. Um, and all of a sudden, it's gone for those people. It's it's absolutely gone. And it's, it's, it's a travesty, if you ask me. Absolute yeah. travesty. Yeah,
1: that it is. It's also awful. But let's just hope that's the last we see. But it's on to season. But, I mean, talk about travesties, Pete. Non-league sanctions. I mean, these appeals have come through. One club's been fined 40k and a 12-point deduction. WTF, have I've written on my notes. What is going on? <laughs> How can they... After the year, a couple of years we've had, how can the league be enforcing them?
0: Do you know what worries me? This is sorry. Sorry, Pete, go on. No, you came on, Jeff. I was going to say, what worries me is having done that and then ended up with Jack Pierce running the National League. I'm not being funny, but are we not just, you know, barking up the wrong tree again? Um, You know, comment. You know, common sense should have been a, a, a warning as to future conduct and a suspended fine uh, for those clubs that, you know, especially those at step two, where the season got null and voided against their wishes for some of them. Yeah. You know, where's the where's the logic in that? Dover in itself are a, are a case on their own. And a lot of people don't agree with what they did. Um, I do. If that had been my club, I'd rather that, that Tony had taken that route so that Barnett was still going to be here to start next season. Uh, You know, Dover are here. Same management team. They've signed six or seven players this week. They've gone part-time, so they're going to be up against it, plus their 12-point deduction that they're going to start with. But, you know, 40 grand as well. Why could it not have been some of that suspended? And, you know, a nice little payment plan worked out because... They're looking after their member clubs. And then from what I've seen from from Jack this week as well, it don't look as if step two are going to get any more of a say than they've already had. And I appreciate that step one drive the commercial side and the TV deal and everything. But, you know, hang on here. There's two divisions, north and south, that make up the National League. If you don't want them, then get rid of them and concentrate on step one, you know, but get your house in order.
2: Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Uh, and, and the fact that... the the fines were handed down, and then it went to appeal, obviously, and it, and and this independent body decided to uphold the original decision, and and you like you like how, how can you sit there as an independent body and not look at the circumstances and go, how is this right? You, you you just can't you can't look at that and go, this is right. You know there's a pandemic going on. Uh, football was very stop start as we know. Um, no one could foresee what was going to happen. the second wave. Well, a lot of us did foresee it apart from the people in power. Um, then there was the, the funding that came in to get to get the football rolling again. Money came in, lottery money, 14 million pound wasted. Wasted because they couldn't complete the season in in the north in the north and the south. Um, so it, it it just absolutely totally stinks to me, and it just makes no sense. And like you said, Trevor, uh, with with Jack Pierce, okay. Um, us being Worthing fans, we are not the biggest fans of Jack Pierce by any stretch of the imagination. Right, let's not but get the, let's not get the podcast. That- pro- down with slander people. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not slandering. I'm not slandering. But <laughs> I, I know Jack Pierce has been involved in non-league for a long time, and a lot of people have a lot of respect for him, uh, for, for what he's done for the game, for what he's done for Bog there, um, stuff like that. But we've always said for years, any proper football fan, we've all said this, is the FA is jobs for the boys and full of dinosaurs. Yeah. And by appointing Jack Chairman, you know Jack Chairman, Jack Pierce is Chairman. Um, basically, is in his seventies. Uh, you know, it's another dinosaur. Why not get somebody young, dynamic, uh, with a, a bit of give, you know, bit of go about him, bit of energy? Give somebody like that a chance, and and let's get the you know the national league and the leagues below all non-league. Give it a boost and get and get things moving. Can I, I just check? Pete, I can't see anything changing. Can I just check? Is st- is he still the manager of Bogner?
1: As yeah, far as general yeah. manager, isn't he? Gen- yeah, but how yeah. how uh, this is one thing I do not understand. Is even throughout the pandemic, how is he allowed to have that job? And I know it's not like further up, but how why why is he entitled to that job? Because there's going to be can... a period of bias.
0: No, you can serve on as many FA committees and councils as you're yeah. voted onto. It's the same with the National League board; is actually made up of chairman of that league, of which actually uh, Tony Clantos didn't get voted back onto the board. So it appears today at their AGM. But just on the back of what of what Pete was saying as well, um, at the National League AGM today, the clubs were asked by the league to vote against having a salary cap and an ethics committee. And unfortunately, it failed and the clubs voted for it. So so from, I'm not sure, if it's, I think it's next season, they will have to fall under a salary cap line and this ethics committee will be created as well. But the league board were asking clubs to vote against it, which just goes to show why are they, why are they leading clubs down that road? That's as if to say, well, we're not holier than thou, but you're not going to... Uh, you know, do anything about it.
1: Salary caps are quite interesting because it's obviously, it suits as top spenders. I mean, they tried to do one in League One last year and it was it was successful, but it was also abolished um, and they're back to northing But again, it just makes, I think last season, it meant the fact that the problem is for me is that they brought the salary cap in after the transfer window opened. So, there had already been players signed on bigger salaries, and the big good players got snapped up. So, whereas clubs like Cheltenham had problems with their ownership, we could only target the players that were on lesser money that might not have been as good. So, I think it does work in theory if it was all one and you could from the beginning of a window, but not if it's sort of partway through. So, it'd be interesting to see how the National League go because obviously, you're going to get clubs like who've been relegated, um, like South End, that in theory, okay, they're in a state in, in itself anyway. But in theory, they're going to probably attract a few more for the stadium and everything like that than they're going to have had before.
0: Yeah, but they've also got their parachute payments for two years as well. Yeah. So you, you would probably find that the relegated clubs would have like a protection against them for those two years, which would which would allow them because, I mean, it, it never used to be commonplace that, um you know, you'd have a relegation clause in that player's contract. So you would be stuck with those Football League wages for the two years you go down, which those parachute payments would roughly cover. Yeah. um and that would be you know uh, that would be it you wouldn't be able to spend anything on the pl- on players you possibly needed to get yourself back up you're stuck with the lot that you went down with and they got yeah. this in the first place
2: yeah so, that's true it'd
0: Be interesting to see how that works but, it, but
2: it's it's absolutely crazy it's like the uh, uh, in the football league, the financial fair play apparently mm-hmm. derby county could still be relegated
0: yeah yeah,
1: apparently.
2: They apparently.
0: need to make
1: up their bloody mind. They've got a yeah. set
2: of fixtures for Wickham and a set of fixtures for Derby.
1: Make up your mind, mate. Jesus, they need to prepare for the season. Don't get me wrong. Derby have screwed. Like, you know, it, it annoys me from a or, club that's or suffered. Or Karen. Yeah. yeah, I know. Bloody football league, <laughs> Karen. But it, it annoys me a lot. Yeah. But why? lot. Why but why are they giving Derby a, an excuse again? It's like Sheffield Wednesday last season. They should have been relegated last season on points deduction, but they saved it for this season.
2: Thank God they yeah. went down this year. But, but what happens is, is these bigger clubs... They've got a bit of financial power behind them. They've got very clever lawyers and accountants who find ways around the financial fair play anyway. Because yeah. didn't derby do it that they they sold the stadium to the, uh, that was, that was when, the name, I think Wednesday did that was, as well. Yeah. Yeah, the naming rights or, or, or whatever it was. And it was yeah. a it was a loophole because, because of financial fair play. So the you know the clubs the clubs get very clever about it and you know they get you know, some have got caught caught out now, and financial fair play has got wise to it. But has financial fair play been even uh, amongst the clubs? No. You know, some clubs are being penalised, some clubs not being penalised, and it you know it it, it, all, it all seems ridiculous to me, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Bottom line. Yeah, um, but you know, obviously with non-league, they're not they're not paid you know thousands and thousands a week as we know. Um so I think sal- cal- salary capping at a National League and below is a bit nonsensical, really. Yeah. Apart from if it's it Wrexham, because they've got Hollywood owners.
1: Well, talk about Wrexham. <laughs> Today, as we record a new manager in Phil Parkinson, who's our uh, first non-league management job, as I'm, far as I'm aware. And they're sponsored now by TikTok,
2: who are sponsoring the Euros. <laughs> From so Euro twenty
1: twenty to Euro to Wrexham football club in the non leagues, crazy.
2: So there's no pressure on the new management team, is there to get Wrexham no. promoted?
1: But it's one of the things we've had in our group. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think it's a vanity project? They want them to get them like they probably think they're gonna get them to Premier League in five seasons or something or do you think when they don't get promoted this year if they don't are they going to get bored and bugger off or do you think this is a long term i mean i know ian who's not on tonight seems to think it's a long-term project but i think people like especially outside investors from other countries want almost immediate gain
0: i think he's right in saying it's a long-term project he's not wrong there um i think 13 years in the national league though shows you how difficult it is to get out of out of and i thought uh last year was probably the the best they put together under under Dean Keats. I've watched them play a couple of times and, you know, they look pretty pretty decent, to be honest. Um, and they only just missed out in the end by, I think it was a point or three points, something like that. They weren't very far off the playoffs. But whoever goes in there, and Phil Parkinson's the man, um, he's got a job of winning the title. That's what their aim is going to be. And for Hollywood superstars, how long are you going to get? And the, you know what, I've seen as I mentioned earlier the signings some of the clubs have made already. Um, you know, and Wrexham have literally just um,
1: so I think Trevor's got like a fan club outside his house <laughs> of seagulls. I mean, he probably likes to say it's all the birds banging on the door, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and um, but seeing some of the signings that the clubs have made, they're not going to have it easy. Uh, and the fact that Parkinson's only come in today, you look at more and Wood today made four signings. Barnet made three. Clubs have been announcing them for the last two or three days in some of the other areas of the National League. I think they're starting, you know, on the back foot a little bit, like Barnet, a bit, like, a little bit like Beadle did at Barnet last year. Um, they could be behind the pack before they start if, if they're back in pre-season next week. But at the
2: same time, um, okay, they're two Hollywood stars who have took over the club, but at the moment. It's not, It's not at the level of AR, it's not costing them a fortune, is it? It's not costing them an absolute arm and a leg. Um, so if they did obviously get into the league and then, and then climb up the league, then obviously they would have to invest, invest more money. Um, but at the moment, it's, it's quite a cheap little hobby project.
0: Yeah, I, I think my point is, though, is that it's never going to cost them a lot of money unless they reach the Premier League but it's more the patience and the time have they got for it. Dean Keats had this season was gone when they didn't even make the playoffs. So you're looking at Parkinson's minimum has got to be the playoffs. I know he's he's only on a 12 month rolling contract as it is, which which normally says to me that he's not trusted to have signed a two, two and a half year deal. They're expecting an immediate result next season. And I think that, you know, you've got, the four or five clubs that didn't make it through the playoffs, you've got themselves and Eastley that finished just outside. Yeah, you've got Barnet who should do yeah. better next year.
2: Are they going uh, to turn into a Barnet a new manager every three months if things don't go well?
0: It, it, you know, there's potential. How, you know, how far they are behind with their squad at the moment? Uh Lord only knows. I can't imagine they they they've got players that have signed because no one knew who they're going to be playing for. So you know that could be you know. Playing, playing catch up before the season's even even started. Granted, they've got plenty of time before the kickoff. It's not till the twenty first of August, but if you're back in preseason on Monday, which most national league clubs appear to be. Um, you want you pretty much your your core of your sixteen players already there on the first day, and then two or three left to eke in as you as you go through the next you know five or six weeks. But just have to see how it pans out.
1: It's going to be definitely an interesting season. You know, I'm sure one we'll talk about quite a lot next year on the PNLP. Um, I know one thing. Talking about next season, Pete, you were um, thinking when the Trident League put a statement out, uh, the Trident League. So that's uh, uh, Ismian, the Northern Premier, and am I correct in the South 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 Central League? You were quite, um, you quite thought there was too many options. You said, if if this is going about COVID, if there was COVID suspensions again.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it did get my back up a bit um, because last season uh, they sort of of made this statement and were, we should have put something like this in last season before the season started. And of course, you know, we're all in lockdown, we're all doing Zoom calls or the rest of it. So why they couldn't sort something out last season before the season started to come up with a set of rules if anything happened, uh, which subsequently it did I don't know that was one thing that annoyed me because we all knew <laughs> we could all see it as soon as kids went back to school in September we just knew <laughs> that it was just gonna the cases were just gonna go up and you know you didn't have to be a rocket science to work that out um so this so the league the Trident League should have basically made sure they had a contingency planning in place. Now what they've done is come out with a statement is we're hitting the clubs and you've got these options, you know, we'll go points per game or uh, we'll go on the uh, last two seasons results. Remember one of those is null and void. Yeah. Which we've told is scrubbed for the record books, but then again, they used it last season for the teams from uh, step three to go to step four. Uh, so they used it so you know broken their own rules there Uh, so we're getting we're getting a bit of a pattern here aren't we of incompetence Um, but I love the guys there they're all nice chaps but they don't do their job very well Um, and then and then then what they're saying is uh, yeah the points per game and all that and they're giving it to the clubs and as as i said to to you guys in the chat in our little chat group um is you have a board of the leagues there to make decisions that is their job to make a decision not go right so we're gonna now send all these emails out to all the clubs, get their thoughts on it, and you're gonna you're gonna get a percentage to say, yeah, this is fair. Yeah, a percentage to say, yeah, points per game is fair. A percentage to say, yeah, uh, results over the last two seasons is fair. So you're gonna get a, a, a split a split decision. If you're if you're a board of a big company, your job is to make the decisions for your employees. So I know the football clubs are not their employees as such. But you're you're the people who are directing them, uh, putting the rules in place, saying which way things should go. Um, So their job is to make a decision. And I think the last sort of two years has showed that they're they're just not fit for purpose, in my opinion. You've got to have leaders. You've got to have leaders. And they say, right, this is what we're going to do. This is it. Sorry. Suck it and see.
1: No, I agree. I completely agree because there needs to be a strong leadership within the leagues or it's just, what what's the point? I think what's the point? We've, we've been screwed over for two years in a row now and if there are any further stoppages this year, which, you know, I think deep down you like to think there's not, but we all probably deep down also think
2: something's going to screw up this season. There's just something going to happen and they need to have a plan for it. Well, now we've had this sort of incident once and if the, if a variant comes along that the vaccines can't cope with, then you know, we, we could be back to square one. Who knows mm, if, the vac- if the vaccine fails against it? But hopefully not. Touch wood. I'm quite positive that it'll be a uninterrupted season. Um, But, you know, the league, the chairman of the, the Trident League have got to get together and say, right, this is what's in place. Not put loads of emails out asking clubs their opinions because you're going to get different opinions from loads of different people. Make a decision, stick to it. And everyone knows the rules at the start of the season, and then there's no complaining. Very true. Very true. Well, I mean, going on
1: that next season, there's also been changes in the FA Cup, haven't there? With qualifiers, so only eight step six cubs are allowed in. Twenty one step four. There'll be an extra preliminary round for. So. Which again...
2: is which? Which is another joke. Yeah. And was, and was it also, was someone? So true. I
0: was uh, saying also. I think you find the fifth round is on a Wednesday evening why it's like, it's really, every, everything else fifth on round proper. Day.
1: sorry fifth round proper
0: yeah
1: what the hell I mean the thing is as well is that I think someone I'm not sure if it was in our group or someone online but I think they said something like in France the French Cup there's something like 9,000 teams at the beginning of the tournament
2: yeah yeah it's absolutely men- mentally in France in their cup yeah thousands and thousands of clubs enter that's it what from, it should be which which exactly which again you know clubs are sort through the through the pandemic Similar clubs need money and now they're being told you can't enter the FA Cup. And yet, you know, there's teams in these areas that some people probably only go to that non-league ground one weekend a year and that's for an FA Cup match. For their, for their first game in the FA Cup. to say, oh, they've got an FA Cup match this weekend. Let's pop down and have a look. And he brings extra money into, into that club's coffers, et cetera, et cetera. And now they've lost that opportunity. So again, it's another bad decision. And to be honest, I'm sick about talking about bad decisions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's there's been too many in this past season, and there'll probably be continued to be too many. Two seasons, as well. Two seasons, two Two seasons. seasons, Yeah. Well, I can't, you know what? It's funny when you say that because this obviously pandemic has been going on 18 months now, but I kind of forget that there's been two seasons of football completely abolished from our history. It's enough to drive you to drink. No, it is. It is. But I mean,. Pete, as Pete Sips says probably third pint in the evening four pint in the evening but you know we, we look at it and we think although it's been pretty crap we've got to look on high and you know we have done this great podcast we have started it and you know we can thank have. Yeah. I mean for God's sake Trevor launched Ashley Williams' uh, media career I Actually, mean look yeah, he's, Ashley Williams. He's, he's now he's now a star on uh bbc match of the day and he's in the euros and you know he's um we've heard from guernsey's plan to the band season from mark letizia which was great he was fantastic in the first episode um north Ferriby, johnny spoke to north Ferriby and their relaunch from the club that going under last year or season before yeah warren barton which uh trevor fanboyed about for weeks um that, and, and I, were... had to, I had to i had to cut into a two-part episode because there was so much talking leroy Lita, we can't forget but trev, trev trev kind of decided to join in for a bit and then decided to blame his internet <laughs> connection for messing up and left me just in the lurch just chucked me in the deep end um Chris Dixon. Well, we can't. We got we'll leave Legend. Chris at the end because of it. But Ollie Bayliss has been on. Oli, yeah. one of the non non league um sort of. I'd probably We're say one league. one of the best persons in the UK for non league. I'd say to go out there that far. Um, Nick Robinson, who we've kind of
0: sort of. Talked about with, yeah. Talked about with
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it came on to be fair, and you know, you had a good chat with, didn't you? Pete yes, wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, David Blackmore from Eastbourne Borough, their decision to like stop playing games. Yeah. Um, Laurie Larry Wilson, Wilson. Wh- who Larry was Wilson, another yeah. good guy, and you know, it was it did make me laugh because he's like, "How long is it going to be?" But he ended up spending nearly two hours with us. But that was all him talking, which was great. And as I said, leaving the well, I mean, all the guests have been great, but without a doubt my favourite has been Chris, Chris Dixon from um, Hornchurch and at part, was it Dartford at part? Was it? Hornchurch,
0: uh, Dartford, anywhere else? Yeah. uh,
1: I mean, but to have him on the two episodes ago or last episode, sorry, when we, um, went the day after he lifted the FA trophy at Wembley was just for us. I mean, obviously Trevor and me did the original interview about his career back in last year, back end of last year, but to have him on with all the chaps and Pete, you saw what a good guy he was and just how friendly and what a nice guy he is. And Mm -hmm. we'll see him next season, hopefully at Worthing and wherever we go, because he's re-signed with Hornchurch for another season. I mean, what a guy! What a, what a top yeah, guy! I'm, I'm
2: when he plays Werben, I'll trip him up on the way in. Yeah, yeah. We'll, well, we'll make sure we know who he is. But
0: I think I think I think one thing to say, James, as well, is that we've gone from the top end of the game with people like Ashley Williams and Warren Barn that have played international football, they've played Champions League football, they've played um, World Cup, European, uh, European. Look what happened at the Euros and, for everything, Ashley. Everything like that, right down to people like. Chris Dixon and Laurie Wilson that have played non-league, they've played at Wembley, but not one of those guys has been any different in the way they've spoke spoke to you in an interview. They've answered whatever you've put in, whatever we put in front of them. You know, credit to all of them; they've all been fantastic yeah. for us this year. They really, yeah, have.
1: really, really down to earth. I mean, we 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 enjoy. It. I personally enjoyed, and you know, when I've told some of my friends what we've done on the podcast, they are really surprised. You know, like there are big names we've had on here, and we hope to bring more next season. I mean, there's plenty of players out there that are still to be interviewed. Um, you know, it, it, I'm sure you're not, but, you know, if you were listening, non-league players, get in touch because we'd love to chat to you um, and try and get the bank sorted for next season because we'll, we've got plenty of time.
2: Yeah, and don't forget, we'd also like another um, person to join our podcast from the South Central League. In, yeah. in, in the Isthmian so to give us some coverage of the, million, uh, the Midlands and your knowledge of, well, of Pete, the non
1: trying, try, trying to recruit it now because you had the chance to go and recruit when you watched the one watched the, watch the Ratch in your hometown but you couldn't be bothered you got too drunk at the football or something you had too many beers and you couldn't, you forgot the one thing Pete said was he was going to go and try and recruit someone for the podcast did he bugger?
2: I, I, I did ask a couple of people but yeah you not. asked really well didn't you? I, I don't I don't know enough and I got in the bar after and obviously Alf Church had won that FA Cup tie uh, against uh, Tamworth, who are in the ho- uh, higher league was it? Tamworth? I can't I don't know. You went um, to it, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think it was Tamworth. But they're in the National South. Oh God, it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's totally gone. gone. Um, but anyway, obviously it was underdog winning, and it's the scenes at the end. Being in clubhouse as- afterwards, I spoke to the Elf Church manager, and yeah, he was on cloud nine. It was- have a drink with a few of the, the boys up there it, yeah it was, it was a fantastic day at Alftrip. it was
1: uh kidderminster
2: yeah they played kidderminster that's it
1: yeah kidderminster in the National League so that was it mate you know so and you know another great day oh, but talk oh, show, 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 show. talking about people um moving on um it's a shame you couldn't be here for last episode but you know the news is that johnny who's been on quite a lot of the episodes of the podcast is moving on to Passers new he's moving to Stateside, and we can't have an American wannabe talking about football, the real football on our podcast, can we? Because he'll start diluting it with all that crap from the MLS. But, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's probably the same standard as non-league football, if not worse, but you know, we might let him on if he behaves himself uh, on the odd occasion, but he's moving to Dallas and, uh, it's been good to get to know Johnny and he came along to the, uh, uh, last match we went to with Barnett and uh you know we all wish him the best Um but Trevor you've got some news of who might be replacing him
0: yeah we've got a replacement haven't we he's not on on a non-contract basis isn't it just in case it don't work out we can rolling rolling <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah rolling contract rolling contract for Sticky more episode per episode Uh yeah one of my friends Gareth Spinks is going to come and join us next season Uh Gaz is another one that follows Worthing as well but um we, we, uh, we went to quite a few games last year on on Saturday all over the place. He went to white Leaf, uh Seven Oaks um, amongst the amongst a few others um, but yeah I know he's looking forward to it. Um, he's eager to get started. He's been badgering me for the last three or four months as to when we're actually going to announce it and put it out there so we'll uh, we'll, we'll put a little transfer story on Twitter. Won't be James
1: with some images. Yeah, well, there you go, there you go, guys. If you, I'm sure you've listened to this. I'm sure you hear this. There you go. You're happy we'll now. Listening. You've got, we'll you've got, it's you've got cover. your, you've got your announcement. Now you've got a couple. We've got just over a month to practice it. Get your microphone sorted and uh, make sure you've got something to talk about <laughs>
2: for the podcast.
1: <laughs> and hopefully we'll have a bit more. But you know, he's um he's a good guy, and you know, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll try our best not next season to fanboy over Worthing when we stunk the league. But um especially over Ian and stuff, he will still support um, Horsham in Johnny's absence. But from what I understand, is Johnny still staying on in some capacity at Horsham, despite it being over at Stateside. So it'll be interesting to hear how that works for him. And I'm looking forward to hearing the move. And I have to say, no matter what you think about Mecca, I am quite envious because he's moving to a good part of the world. And Trevor, I'm sure, will be tapping up to maybe have some residence if he ever wants to go and see a
2: Dallas Cowboys match.
0: Oh, definitely. I
2: could never move to a country where they have a series called the World Series, where it's only teams from their country and one team from Canada participating. <laughs> that is no World Series in my. And opinion. they call them the World Champions, don't they? So <laughs> it's quite funny. I but... I can't get my head around that. Yeah. But can, no, but is...
0: but can you imagine if some of our lot trying to play American football? That's why they are the World Champions because they're good <laughs> at it.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they
1: tried and failed, didn't it? Was it the London Knights or something? No, like London that? Monarchs, wasn't it? That was it, London Monarchs, yeah. and they like, played well, at they the old were good Wembley. For the first couple of years. Didn't they then move to Germany or something?
0: Mm, no. Nah. Well, there was
1: Mer- teams in Germany, wasn't there? There were teams
0: in Germany. Yeah, the Monarchs disappeared, and I can't remember what came after them, but there was a bit of a re a reborn NFL Europe, wasn't there? Yeah. After Not a while. A bit.
1: But, you know, it's. um it'll be um it'll, it'll be sad to see Johnny go but we wish him the best of luck and um, yeah, you know yeah. I'm sure we'll Indeed. keep in touch I mean he could have been bothered to show up to the last podcast couldn't he the bugger but you know there we go he's, he's packing well, his house I think, up I think, or something. I think he's
2: moved already because he's been putting pictures on uh, on Facebook did you see his? did you see the picture I posted of his his watch yeah that, that was his. Story. Oh, yeah, the heart attack thing. Yeah, that, that was that, he hit his
1: head or after, something like that.
2: After England's second goal, his watch comes yeah. up with an alert. Just for the listeners, uh, it comes up with an alert. It looks like you've had a fall. <laughs> SOS. SOS. Or are you OK? <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be fair to those
1: watch those watches, they're pretty stupid because I mean I've looked at them before, and my heart rate when I was at the playoff final one year it was um literally I thought I, I don't know how I didn't have a heart attack, but it's quite funny how these watches measure it, and you see he's had a full. I'm having a about to have a heart attack. You know <laughs> these watches aren't exactly the most accurate, but probably was going to have a heart attack. To be honest, at the playoff final, I, I'll
0: tell you what though, James, watching Barnett with with uh, one of those last season every Saturday afternoon at quarter to five, just you just want to come apart you were live you don't look like yeah. you've moved for are you, for an are you hour. just yeah you're oh, just, no, just you up yeah
1: are you dead yeah like <laughs> that's one of the things <laughs> yeah. but, no but my uh, team's
0: conceded another six goals so that pretty much no. it.
1: <laughs> so we're going to hopefully be back probably end of july i would say beginning of august we'll have a month off um like we've just done now but we've just <laughs> we've only had a month off since the last one i think really but there's there's been a thing but We've got to touch one last thing on the Euros, guys. Obviously, um, Joaquin Lowe's had his last scratch and sniff. Uh, for, for, <laughs> I was kind of hoping he'd join Spurs as their manager instead of Nuno, because I was really hoping he might go and sniff his... Uh, I couldn't, sniff see, on the Premier League.
2: You couldn't You couldn't watch that every weekend, could you? But
1: I the best thing know. is, that when England knocked them out a couple of days ago, he had one last scratch and sniff, if you saw. He had a little pick of his nose <laughs> and a lick of his tongue. And I, I just... I mean, uh, the classic one. I mean, uh, what, what was it... I think it was Russia or something the World World Cup in Russia in 2018 or it might have been the last Euros in France but when he put his hand down had a good old fish around in his underwear (laughs) and got something out and rolled it between his fingers and put it in his mouth I mean does he not realise there's a camera trained on him for 90 plus minutes of the match to catch the reactions and the thing he's obviously got something really wrong with him but I really will miss that for one (laughs) I was really hoping he'd appear in the Premier League one day which he still might you never know He's to blame for COVID, mate. He's, he's, sweating. he's shaking yeah. everybody's hands. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> what would you do if you're a manager? You really would have to fist bump, wouldn't you? Because you imagine shaking his hand after the match?
0: You'd have to be like, Ugh, I sanitization. Don't I, I don't think you'd even do that. You wouldn't go near any of his hands. But just go now, bang put bang your, bang your bang thumbs
1: up. Yeah, yeah, thumbs up, mate. But do, you, do we think, like, we don't want to jinx it. Do you think it's coming home? Although it's never been home because we never won the Euros, but do you think it's coming home?
0: Well, looking at what's left in the draw. Belgium and Italy tomorrow night, one another big boy's gotta go home. there there isn't much else you would say is there that that could cause us a problem. I don't think. um you know, Italy, I've loved watching them play under Mancini, oh, they're brilliant. Um, more 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 uh, free-flowing than I've ever seen an Italian side played, but that's the way I grew up watching Mancini at Sampdoria with with Villarreal. It's nice to see the pair of them reunited on the on the on the on the sidelines. um and the Belgians are the Usual, you know, strong outfit they are with Lukaku up top and Premier Premier League defenders that have, that have seen it, done it, won it. Um, maybe there's maybe there's a little dark horse in there to come. I don't know. The Danes, a few people do fancy, you know, them to to to, to spring a little bit. Well, break. they
1: seem to turn it around, didn't they?
0: They have, yeah, yeah, tremendously. Um, but to be honest, I don't think we've had a better chance. Of doing no. it. Even, even when we got to the semis in, in in Russia, we weren't fancied to get that far on. We weren't have
1: beaten in France, I don't think.
0: No, and I think we got on a crest of a, a crest of, a, of of a wave and 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 uh, and sort of um, run with it. I didn't agree with Southgate's selection on 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 Tuesday night. I thought it was too defensive, and that showed in the first half. And then in the second half, as I keep putting everywhere, the handbrake seemed to come off a little bit. The midfield too looked more like a midfield two and pressed more than they did. The front three pressed. And that's what won us a game because we changed the way we played. Um, and, and to be honest, the whole key, I think, throughout the entire tournament, whichever game you've watched, has been when the managers make their substitutions and how effective they are. Yeah. And you go back to the Italian game against um, Austria. Chiesa coming on and scoring the first goal. You know, that, that changed the game for them. Um, us bringing Grealish on the other night changed the pattern of the game again so they are very very crucial those substitutions
1: and we're still yet to concede a goal which is great
0: yet to concede yeah four clean sheets for Pickford
1: I just I just can't I think it's just like club football you just can't you've got to try and get yourself not to be too excited because you know this really for me now is like playoffs it really is you think about first leg second leg and final in theory and it's too nervy for me. And, you know, I, I hope, I, ca- I can't bear if we go to penalties again. I just hope if we're going to go out, almost, we go out in normal time or extra time. I don't think I could watch a penalty shootout. Obviously, I'd prefer us
2: to win, but. No, abs- absolutely. I think uh, we've we've got a very good chance uh, of getting get to the final. Um, obviously, as far as I'm concerned, it'll be Italy or Belgium in the final. Um it depends because obviously they've been in the harder side of the draw, so they've they've had harder games. Although there's no easy games in international football, and I think this is this is why when people say, "Oh, that's a shock that they've beat them," that's a shock. That's a shock. And you like now the gap now between countries that you used to be expected to beat easily has has really shrunk because all these nations have developed their FAs their. Their uh, sporting technologies and all of it, diets for the players. Every, everyone's advanced throughout Europe. So, so basically, it, it, the gap is is getting smaller and smaller. And like I've always said, it's 11 men against 11 men on the day, regardless of the ability. You know, remember the good old days when Hereford beat Arsenal, was it? Or Leeds, Newcastle. Newcastle. <laughs> I was nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> North, <laughs> North country
0: North. Arsenal Leeds.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was, I was getting there slowly. Um. So yeah. So you know, there's always it's eleven men against eleven men. So you can never tell on the day. It's who, who wants it more. You can be what people would consider ions apart. It was like when who beat Argentina in the World Cup in the first game cameroon it was like no no but nobody expected that in a, in a million years well but, look north but macedonia happened,
1: in the, uh, north macedonia made the group stages of the euros yeah 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 i was like yeah i was
2: like north macedonia <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's one of those teams yeah. that you think england would smash in a friendly they never do but they don't ex- ex- exactly so you know the gap the gap is shrinking there's no easy games um i, I fancy us to beat ukraine three 0 that's my prediction for saturday uh, but the game after that, if it's if the Danish if the Danish get through, I think that will be a really really tough tie because I think a lot of Europe is behind them because of what happened to Eriksen. Um, You know, as sad to see as it was, uh, but a lot of people are behind the, the Danish now, and they seem to be on the crest of a wave. They've sort of grown since that since that first defeat against Finland, and I don't think that game should have carried on. To be honest, I think. They should have postponed it for 24 hours. Uh, but that's past history. They got through. Uh, yeah, so it's Italy or Belgium in the final. If we make it, hopefully we do. I've, I've seen a reason why not. Uh, uh, what happens in the final? It depends on the day, who comes out and shines, because we, we know players get nervous. It's just great hey, it's going to be at Wembley. Home? I'm not going to say it's coming home. No. No. <laughs> Well, it's not coming not up. until it's not, not coming until the, the Burlington. Final, no, not until, not until the final whistle whistle is blown in the final, and we've yeah. won it. Oh, then I'll oh, say it's After oh, oh, Jordan
0: Pickford's knocked in a sloppish time winner,
2: that'll do, won't it? And we need Lucas on our team, don't we? He's, he's
1: Brazilian, mate.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: a, little, a little, bit of a problem there.
0: I'm sure <laughs> Pickford can have a problem. Brazilian before before the final.
1: <laughs> and there we go. There we go. The standards have dropped at the end of a podcast, as per usual way. <laughs> no, fingers crossed and good luck to England. I can't say good luck to anyone else. I don't give a flying about anyone else. I just want it to come home.
2: It's been a good tournament though.
1: <laughs> it has and it hasn't. I mean, I mean that German Germany game for us just lined it up a bit because, to be fair, all the matches before have been boring as hell to me like it's not uh, very... italy austria
0: what no no our games i'll talk about our oh, games yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah,
1: england games yeah no oh yeah. yeah Italy. a equality to watch like england's games have just been boring as hell and to be honest most of it was boring the other day for what i saw <laughs> but at least we beat him 2-0 as we actually scored more than one goal um it's nice that the press might lay off sterling a little bit now because he has yeah. actually been all right or yeah. we'll keep on giving him crap
2: because he's doing well under it yeah, I don't think he's been brilliant, to be honest. He's no, put he the hasn't. ball in the net and he, he's given the ball away a bit too much and he nearly he nearly gave it away the other day and cost us a goal through Muller. Oh, yeah, Muller. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, that was heart attack land. Oh, God. Uh, How did he uh, not score that? I know. But...
0: Pickford's positioning. That's why yeah. he didn't score. A lot of people went, oh, he's dragged it wide. But if you actually watch it again from behind mm. the goal and you watch where Pickford puts itself and he, you watch a lot of keepers on, um, on uh, Twitter as well will tell you, he's put himself in the right place to make the goal smaller for what Muller had to aim at. Mm. Yeah. As
2: that. yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of that as well because mm. obviously, you know, goalkeeper position is anything. Uh, yeah. Apart from the one who punched it in his own net, which I found highly rare. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Debravka. wasn't
0: it? Yeah. Or, or
1: yeah. was it Marshall's little goal tumble into the back of the net for Scotland? Hello to my, <laughs> Scottish, fa- hello to my Scottish family out there. Um,
0: I'll tell you one thing, though. We put the ball in the box. Which is all we did the other night. Scored two goals, win games. That's all we've got to do. Put the ball in the box, we'll score. Simple as that.
2: That's exactly what the Germans done against the Portuguese.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: They they got to the byline, crossed the ball in, caused all sorts of panic in the Portuguese defence to score five goals. Simple. It's it's a simple game. It's simple. It's right. a simple
1: game. Well, let's hope we can maybe try and find somewhere to watch it on Saturday. If not, we'll have to definitely book somewhere up for the semi. If we get there, but of course we will because it is coming home. But um, gents, I just have to say thank you for being part of this project with me. I've really enjoyed our first season. Made some new friends and probably um, hopefully make some more for next season. We'll get 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 as podcast as we can. But I've enjoyed it. I'm sure you guys have have you.
2: Yeah, I've okay. absolutely loved it, and I'm going to try not to rant as much next season. No, no, because
1: we like your rants. That's part of it. It, it might even be a se- maybe we can make it its own segment every week. Pete's rants go off on one every week. Let let let
2: you. Uh... What is that? A note for the wife. He says, "Stop effing shouting." It's because it's because I've, I've got my headphones on. Yeah, you can't you can't hear.
1: It's like those people on the phones on the hands free. They don't realise I'm to speak it. But it has been great, hasn't it, guys? And you know, I have enjoyed it with the other guys. It's a shame they couldn't make the last episode, but you know. We're not, we're not paid to do this. We do it out of the love of the game. And, you know, sometimes personal situations come on top. But we, as I said before, we do we wish Johnny the very best and for the future. Yeah. Looking forward for Gaz to be part of the team. Um, I'm sure we'll get together very soon, us three, on the uh, microphone right now to see if it will match or have a drink down the pub. And I would say, are you going anywhere abroad this summer? <laughs> but we can't. And <laughs> <So, a new> your <laughs> little break off. But we can't really, can we? I'm
2: going to Iceland. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're going to do the big, what was it they did in the Euros, the big clap? You remember the clap? And, no, uh, no I'm,
2: yeah. going, I'm going
1: to the one in Gorin. Oh, the one and then you can do the clap in <laughs> Gorin. There we go. Pete's going to exactly get completely it. went over his head, Pete,
0: didn't it? Well, it, well uh,
1: Pete, but I, I can't, I can't just differentiate between Iceland and Iceland, as Pete always says to me. He, he always, he always woke me off. I can't know like what, and Folkestone, yeah. Folkestone. It's Folkestone. Yeah, Folkestone. Yes, Folkestone.
2: Folkestone. Yeah, Folkestone. Anyway,
1: from Folkestone to effing goring Iceland, that's it from us for this season. But... (laughs) gents it's been a pleasure thank you very much and I don't know when we'll be back probably in a month or so but you know probably we will
2: have football to talk about we will will. and hopefully
1: we would have been to a couple of matches by the time we're back but look out for us in the first couple of weeks of August I'd say we're going to have a a hard month off a long a hard month a hard hard month not really a hard month for for Pete it might be a hard month but uh, (laughs) we're going to have a little month off and uh, come back refreshed for a new season of the PNLP very soon but um, for myself James, Pete and Trevor And the rest of the team. Good night.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has
1: all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more